And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, the Tuesday Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and we're transmitting live from our station. So we thank you for being part of today's program as we're going to be looking at the churches in the book of Revelation. But we want you to stay tuned and follow along with us in the Bible, as this will be a personal message to every one of you. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if you will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your word. Uh, Revelation, Lord, promises a blessing if we study your word there and keep it to heart. So, Lord, we pray we'll do both. And uh, we thank you for this time to do that in your precious and wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Again, you tuned in to the Truth to Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition with Victor Tisa Nathan Jones, the wonderful book of Revelation, the message to the churches. So stay tuned. But before we continue, I want to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on the program. Great to be on, brothers, always. Hey, you picked a great series. I love the seven churches of Revelation. Each and every one of them has a special message to a church from the first century. It also has a message for the church at large, and it has a personal application for each of us. So it's a great subject, and I'm glad you picked it. Oh, that's fantastic. And of course, Nathan, before we continue, just in case someone out there is not familiar with your ministry and also all the responsibilities you have, can you talk to us a little bit about that? <laughs> uh, well, again, my name is Nathan Jones. I'm the Associate Evangelist and Web Minister here at Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry whose mission it is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And we do that through a number of venues, primarily through our television program, Christ in Prophecy, which airs on all the major networks and now in its 17th year. And primarily as the Internet Evangelist, uh, my pulpit is our website at ChristinProphecy.org and lamblion.com. Check those out and uh, come to our site and we have tons of free information, TV shows, videos. We want to help you grow excited about Jesus' soon return and grow in your relationship with him. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Nathan. Now, Nathan, not only do you do all those things, but you also have opportunities to share uh, in different locations. And one of those locations I saw last night on television was a Prophecy Watchers. Can you talk to us about that? Well, uh, I co-wrote a book with a pastor, uh, Steve Howell, called 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets. It's, it's a book about how each of the minor prophets uh, overcame a certain challenge to their faith and the lessons that we could learn from them. And I was invited to be on Gary Stearman's Prophecy Watchers television program, and he interviewed me about the book, and it airs this week, uh, the week of January 20th. And uh, so I hope people can tune in, check it out, and uh, get excited about, about the Minor Prophets. I, I know I am, and that's why I wrote a whole book on it, and I think you'll be excited too. Well, fantastic. Yeah, a lot of wonderful opportunities, Nathan. And for those of you that are tuned in, uh, get a hold of this incredible book and just wonderful, wonderful uh, resources. And Nathan, just also briefly, I know July you guys have this incredible conference uh, that you put together. Can you give us a little more information regarding that in case some other people might want to jump in on that? Lamb and Lion Ministry holds a major annual Bible conference, usually in the middle of July. And uh, this year, we are doing an apologetics-themed one. We have, of course, our own Dr. David Reagan, who's our founder and director. We have apologists like Mike Gendron and Eric Barger. Uh, Ron Rhodes, always one of my favorite. We have music with Marty Getz. And I hope people can come. Uh, they can go to our website at ChristinProphecy.org and register. We have limited seating, and it's filling up quick. So I believe it or not, since July so far away. I know, Vic, uh, you and your wife have signed up. Praise the Lord. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. If you can't make it here in Dallas, then you can also watch it through our live streaming, which we'll be also having on our website. 
Absolutely. And Nathan, that's always been a highlight for us. So we are, we're definitely wanting to be actually there this year. So hopefully the Lord will work that out. It's going to be fantastic. Well, I'm just glad you're coming, man. Any chance where I get to talk with you in person instead of over this infernal contraption, <laughs> I'm all for that. Absolutely, Nathan. Also, oh, anyway, so again, just excited for all the wonderful things God is doing. Uh, again, we are excited about the good news of Bible prophecy because God indeed has a plan uh, for your life. And Nathan and I have been going through the book of Revelation talking about, of course, uh, the message to the churches from a personal point of view. So that's why I want to encourage you to follow along in your Bibles with us as we look at the second message to the second church which we, of course, have titled The Message for Myrna from Smyrna. So, Nathan, would you be able to take us there <laughs> to uh, Revelation chapter 2 and uh, open us up with the, those first verses there in uh, the second message to the second church? Okay, so we did the first church, which was the Church of Ephesus, which represented the church of the first century. The, the, and now we are ready for the second church, which is the Church of Smyrna, which, oh, man, Myrna from Smyrna. I love that. Okay. Verse 8 goes, Revelation chapter 2. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things says the first and the last who was dead and came to life. I know your works, tribulation, and poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Ooh, uh, that's, a, that's a powerful message. So, so, Nathan, talk to us about Smyrna. So, I mean, where is this located? What, what, what is this message about the one that was dead and now is alive? What, what exactly is going on here? Okay, well... First, you have to realize a little background here is that each of these seven churches that Jesus is addressing in Revelation chapters 2 and 3 is a real church. They are churches in what we call today Turkey. Back then it was Asia Minor. And what would happen is that the gospel would be sent out and in letter format. They didn't have Bibles totally at the time. They didn't have New Testaments. And they would make their circuits around to the different churches. And they would start in Ephesus on the western side of Turkey on the coast and go in a clockwise position from church to church to church and then back to Ephesus again. And that's how Jesus is addressing these churches. He starts in Ephesus, and now we're going a little north to the next church in a city called Smyrna. And Smyrna was represented by a time period of persecution, great persecution against the church. Some have looked at these churches and said, okay, they weren't just churches, physical churches, but they also represent time periods in the church, because each personality of the church seems to have a corresponding time period where it's a, a major characteristic. For instance, the Church of Smyrna then would represent the persecuted church, the martyr church that existed from 95 AD to 312 AD. And so we look at that time period as the time period where Christianity was horribly, horribly persecuted right. uh, until Constantine then came and made Christianity the official language of the Roman Empire. But up for 200 plus years, Christians were terribly persecuted in their time. Likewise, the Christians in Smyrna are terribly persecuted. And Nathan, that's a great background. And I like that because there's different uh, perspectives in terms of church history. And like you mentioned, but it's also applicable 
uh, to us today was applicable to John because I like the way it opens up. It says, this, this says he, the first and the last who was dead and came to life. Now, the apostle John was an eyewitness. No one uh, could testify more than he was to this. Yeah, I think you know and I know who the first and the last who was dead and came to life is, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and that, that was the Lord. And it reminds me, uh, uh, Nathan, all the times that the Lord would appear and disappear uh, when he was resurrected, almost like to let them know that he was always going to be with them. Right. Jesus may have ascended up to heaven, but he hasn't left the churches. He's assigned them each an angel. And, and here we're addressed. You might could interpret angel as a literal protecting angel over the church. And that's true because there are references to that could also be another term. Angel means messenger, and it could be well that these are addressed to the pastors who are the spiritual protectors of the church. Either way, it could be both. But yeah. what we see here is as to the protector of the church in Smyrna. So you're right. Absolutely. But God has always had a protector over every church out there, whether it be the pastor or an angel or a combination or both. God uh, has not left the churches abandoned. Jesus might be in heaven physically now, but we are his hands and feet. He is the head. The church is alive and active in this world. Excellent point. And, and it, that's why we believe we have a responsibility, especially as pastors, to communicate uh, God's truth to those that are part of the churches. That, and that's why I hear here all of us should be getting our download, if you will, from the Holy Spirit and from the Lord to what we need to be instructing our churches to do. Right. Now, you're a pastor, Vic, a pastor of Calvary Chapel Broward. Uh, do you see yourselves self as in a protective role? Absolutely, Nathan. There's there's various times where we have to put on different hats, if you will, to protect uh, the congregation. And sometimes we even have to uh, push out a few wolves once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> literally and physically? Absolutely, Nathan. Yes, throughout the years, we literally had to uh, escort some people and uh, uh, say, hey, you know what? You either go out uh, the, the easy way or we'll have the police uh, help escort you out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the pastor's role. I, you know, some people are built to be pastors. Some people are built to be evangelists. I'm an evangelist. I come, I show, I give my message and I, I leave. But you pastors have to nurture people. You have to protect them like a mother bear protects her cubs. You know, you sometimes you... Uh, you have to love on them uh, like a mother does with her child and, and nurture these people, even though you feel like children, they they're constantly you know yelling and complaining and, and being difficult as some church members can be. And so, brother, I, I commend you for the, the passion that the Lord has put on your heart to be a loving defender and nurturer of a group of people. Oh, well, Nathan, praise the Lord. It is a calling. And I believe, uh, uh, you know, the, the Lord has put that in our hearts. Of course, I I'm both pastor and evangelist in a sense, because I always love to be able to also share the good news like you and I have been doing for many years. But uh, yeah, it is a calling and uh, it is a wonderful uh, privilege, Nathan, just like these um, pastors, angels, messengers here in the word to the churches. They also had a privileged position and one that they could not take lightly. They had to speak the truth. Uh, regardless. Right. And you can see a lot of the, these churches, like I said, throughout church history, but also for today. I mean, it's not hard to see if we want to label Smyrna the persecuted church. Uh, theologians, that's what they've labeled it, the persecuted church. Right. Clearly today we are seeing the persecuted church. You know, yeah, in America, we're, we're starting to see a little bit of complaining and grumbling and restrictions. Eventually, you know, they'll take our tax exempt status away and our ministerial housing allowance and 
and push us out of public. I mean, it'll get worse and worse, but it's nothing, nothing compared to what Christians are going, like the house churches in China right now, ever since right. their president has declared himself job for life. He's become like another emperor, and he's trying to shut down any competition. He sees the churches. So they're suffering tremendously in China. They're suffering tremendously in North Korea. We saw ISIS all but wipe out the church in Iraq and Syria. And so the church, as a persecuted body, continues on to this day. And, you know, Nathan, and that's the reality when we talk about persecution. And here it is outlined to them in verse 9. It says, I know your works, tribulation, poverty. And here it starts to outline a little bit about who they were. And, Nathan, you and I would agree that there's a difference between daily troubles, tribulation, then that tribulation. And, and I think uh, the Bible separates us for us so that we don't uh, sometimes get things mixed up. Uh, because in John chapter 16, verse 33, uh, I think it's a great verse. Can you take us there, Nathan, real quick to John 16, 33 and read that for us so that we can make a distinction here between tribulation and the tribulation? Yeah. Yeah, little t tribulations, the sufferings that we suffer from daily. <laughs> Big T tribulation is a subject of the end of time uh, for this age, the tri- seven-year tribulation where God pours his wrath on the earth. John sixteen thirty-three reads, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Ooh, I love that passage, Nathan. And of course, that's why we wanted to make the distinction because it's the same Lord Jesus that is talking here in Revelation uh, to the church of Smyrna. And again, he still continues to encourage them, even if they're continuing to go through troubles and challenges and tribulations, like most of us are going through in life. Right, right. If you follow Jesus Christ, you're going to have troubles. I mean, on top of the trouble you have just living in a fallen world, you know, right. death, and taxes and sickness and unemployment and, and persecution. You've got that. But as a Christian, you've added another layer on there. You've added religious persecution and, and difficulties with other Christians who we still have our fallen natures. And, and there's going to be trials and tribulations, little t, but uh, we are not promised to have to endure the tribulation, which yeah. Revelation will talk about after chapters two and three, starting with chapter six, where God for seven years will bring his wrath down upon the world as a punishment for those who yeah. have rejected Jesus Christ. And he does that not just to punish, but to heat things up so much that people want then to have to accept Jesus or not. It, it, sometimes, man, life has to be so bad to get yes. things in focus. I mean, you, if you probably agree. Americans are obsessed with triviality. But when things are bad, all of a sudden the important things float to the top and you recognize them. And that's what the capital T tribulation is all about. Excellent point, Nathan. Of course, for those of you that are tuned into the program, that's why we we've again uh, titled this program uh, Myrna from Smyrna. It's this is a personal message. God is talking to you. Maybe you're going through tribulation. Maybe you're going through suffering. Maybe you're going through difficulties. Uh, maybe you just feel like God has abandoned you. Well, the reality is, according to Scripture, He has not. His Holy Spirit is with you, and in this message, you do have correction, but you also have encouragement. As we look here, we're all going through some type of challenge or troubles or tribulation. And that's why, Nathan, we find here in verse 9 uh, a, a little bit about this church, the, the, the good and the bad. Can you continue to talk to us about it? Well, despite the persecution, Lord is commending this church. They're doing some good things. They're, they're continuing to work in service of the Lord. You know, they're not hiding 
They're not keeping their line under a, a lamp, so to speak, a bushel. Right. Uh, and they're, they're out there. They're doing good works. And it says here that they also have poverty, but they are rich. Now, one of the ways that persecution comes is, and you see this with Israel right now, the BDS movement, with the boycott, divest, and sanction movement, where people want to punish somebody and shut them up by removing their ability to make money and take care of themselves, remove their financial influence. And that's what was very typical in, when it comes to persecution during the Roman Empire. And today is if they want to persecute Christians, they won't go to your store, they won't buy your things, they won't do business with you. And it caused the Christians of that time period and today significant poverty. They, they only could work amongst themselves and trade with each other. They couldn't trade with the world at large because they were boycotting them. And yet here Jesus says they are rich. Isn't that amazing? How are they rich if they're living with no money? Nathan, and that's, you know, I love that because the reality is that true riches don't come from materialistic things. I mean, we, in a sense, are some of the richest people if we're Christians, if we're believers, and even if we own a Bible, which is something that many people take for granted. They do. Spiritual richness in the Bible is always so far more important than poverty. The Lord has promised that if you're a believer in Christ— the riches that await you in heaven are just unlimited. Uh, you know, if you pave your streets in gold, <laughs> money doesn't matter. Uh, even in the millennial kingdom, when Christ sets up his kingdom, uh, mm. it, it says there that the, the reaper overpasses the plowman because the food just is producing like crazy. You know, the Lord has got great—he's going to take care of our needs. we got great riches and wealth ahead of us materialistically, but it's spiritually that always matters. We'll see with yes. another church later, the Church of Philadelphia, that they were super, super rich because of their spirituality compared to the final church, Laodicea, which represents our own age, where they are very, very poor spiritually but rich materially. And it's interesting. The more materialism you have, the poorer spiritually you are. You don't think about the need to depend on Jesus. But when you're suffering, you depend on Jesus each and every day. And that's yes. what the recommends the church in Smyrna. Nathan, I love that. What a wonderful, sober reminder you just send into someone on the other end, that personal message, because uh, that is the reality. The reality is that we don't like to suffer. We don't like difficulty. But then again, those are always the time when we find ourselves on the knees crying out to God, right? <laughs> right. And that's why Jesus advises in verse 10, he says, do not fear any of those things that you're about to suffer. And then he tells him, hey, the devil's going to throw everything at you. He's going to put you in prison. Yeah. He's going to test you. There'll be tribulation. He lists 10 days, which some believe might be 10 emperors or might just represent for a short period of time. But for a time, you will suffer in life. But, and he promises this, if you're faithful, even until death, even if you give your life for Jesus Christ, both spiritually and physically, he does this. He promises a crown of life, not just a physical crown that will wear the crown of the martyr, but eternal life in heaven with him. I love that, Nathan. And I mean, this was some deep suffering because I, the, the scripture says, indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. And I mean, we're not talking about, of course, someone running around in a red suit and a pitchfork, right, Nathan? But this is a real entity that was uh, this church was facing. Yeah, Satan hates, hates God. He hates the Jews and he hates the Christians. Anything that has to do with God, he hates. And when you read about the persecutions during the Roman time period— I mean, obviously, the, the biggest one is taking Christians and putting them in the Circus Maximus or the Colosseum, having them killed by gladiators, devoured by wild beasts, 
crucified and used as lamps, burning them just to light the ways to the Caesar's palace. Um, like I said, financially, not buying from them so that they're poor. I mean, the Christians were, were just treated horribly. It was terrifying to be a Christian during that time period, something we really take for granted here in our time period. But uh, yeah, so it's an understatement, really, when Jesus says, throw some of you into prison. Yeah, they were thrown into prison, but a lot of them gave their lives. They were faithful yes. unto death. And that's what he says in verse 11. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. In other words, when we die... And it's, that's not it. We have life after death, whether it's life with Jesus or it's a second death in hell. It says you will be saved from that second death in hell. Mm. And Nathan, I also noticed that that's a good point. Verse 10, we, we notice that there's a testing there. And oftentimes when we go through difficulties, we go through challenges, we go through tribulation. It is a test, a test of patience, a test of character. And here is a period of time. Uh, and I don't know about you, Nathan, but maybe if the Lord has ever tested you for a period of time and you felt like, when is this going to end? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's why I love that verse about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, that he's with us. I mean, yes. we, don't, we want Jesus to take us away from our problems, but he never promises that. Matter of fact, as you just read in, in John here, 16, that, uh, yeah, we're going to have trials and troubles. It's just part of being a fallen human world. We're going to have even more troubles because we're a follower of Jesus Christ and Satan hates us. But Jesus promises to give us strength, to walk with us. He knows what suffering's like. He died on the cross himself. But if we yeah. can overcome the fear of death and stay faithful to him, we will gain eternal life. That is fantastic, Nathan. And of course, we want to talk to you that are part of the program. We want to talk to that Myrna out there. Maybe you are in the area of Smyrna today in the, uh, the, the Asia Minor, if you will, modern day Turkey, and you feel discouraged because you're going through a, a testing or a trial that maybe you want to throw in the towel. And we want to encourage you not to do that, that God loves you. God has a special plan for you. Maybe what's lacking in your life is a real relationship with Jesus. And we, we believe that's what can change your life. That's what can change the way you, you view things. And we want to give you an opportunity right now so that you can have your life transformed, so that you can enter into the peace that God has for you. Uh, Nathan, would you be able to maybe to talk to that person on the other side, like we are mentioning, maybe there is an actual Myrna out there that doesn't know Christ and how that person can come to know the Lord even right now. Well, you're suffering, and uh, I pray for you. I, we're all suffering uh, for following Christ, but you need Jesus Christ. I mean, why are you going it alone? Uh, Jesus Christ promises right. to love us, to take care of us, to, to help us through our trials and tribulations, and to give us eternal life. And to gain that eternal life, all you have to do is surrender your life to Jesus Christ, to pray from your heart something like, Lord Jesus Please forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. And Jesus promises we'll do just that. Your sins will be forgiven. You are reconciled with God. The guilt is gone, and you inherit eternal life with him. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Nathan Jones. And maybe that's you on the other side, and you pray to receive the Lord. Hey, the Bible says that there's a rejoicing in heaven. There's a party, una fiesta in heaven for those that have turned to Christ. So know that we are rejoicing and also celebrating with you because God has a wonderful plan for your life. And Nathan, that's what this is all about. This is what these programs that you and I do is to share not bad news with people, but it's good news for the believers because we have an eternity. 
Absolutely. We have eternity with Jesus Christ. You know, when you know that the future isn't bleak, I mean, suicide, you know, suicide now is the number one killer of people in the United States, not cancer, wow. not AIDS, not opioids, suicide. We are killing ourselves faster than we are being murdered in car accidents. And that wow. means that there's a, a, a need that is not being filled. Well, you and I know what that need is. The Bible tells us it's Jesus Christ. There's a spiritual vacuum in us that food and sex and materialism can never fill. Only Jesus Christ, our Savior, can fill that hole. It gives us hope. And when you know your destination, when you know that no matter how bad it gets, even death, that you have an eternal life of great riches, spiritual riches, material riches, uh, love, joy, peace in mm. heaven, then life becomes tolerable, doesn't it? Oh, man, Nathan, what a wonderful word of encouragement that is. And, and that's exactly what this is all about. God has a wonderful plan. We believe that the Lord is coming back very, very soon. If you don't believe that, just turn on the news and follow what's going on. Uh, but that's why we want to encourage you not only for, to uh, continue to follow the Lord, but to share with someone the love of Jesus. Take some time to uh, share with your neighbor or co-worker uh, your testimony about the Lord. Jesus says to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In other words, our faith is active. We're to be going, to be sharing, to be encouraging, uh, to be making disciples because we believe the Lord is coming back very, very soon. So uh, we want to encourage you to just continue to keep your eyes on the Lord as we see signs of the times all around us. So Nor Nathan, you and I do believe that the Lord is like right knocking at the door already. He's coming. He is. Are you ready? That's the big question. Praise the Lord. And of course, uh, for this segment of the program, we ran out of time for this segment of the program, but we hope that you can continue to follow with us as we unravel the various churches in the book of Revelation in a personal uh, level. And of course, uh, we talked about Ephesus, Smyrna. On our next program, we will be talking about Pergamos as we follow this clockwise, clockwise rotation of the message to these churches in Asia Minor in what is Turkey today. So Nathan Jones, thank you so much. It's always great to have you as our co-host here. And thank you for opening up these scriptures for our listeners and viewers. Praise the Lord, brother. Thank you for again for having me on. It's always a pleasure. And of course, for those of you that are part of the program, we ran out of time for this segment uh, of the program. But uh, I'm Vic Batista and uh, Nathan Jones, and uh, we want to say goodbye to you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and look up for the Lord is coming very, very soon. Have a great day.